Hello, and welcome to Technically Minded, a podcast brought to you by Credera. We're a global boutique consulting firm, and on this show, we discuss hot topics in business and tech with our colleagues in an effort to share our collective insights with you. My name is Emily Crawford. I'm part of our management consulting group, and I'm your host for today's episode. I'm here with Greg and Leanne today to talk about agile marketing. Let's start with introductions. Will you kick us off, Greg? Thanks, Emily. Hi, I'm Greg Goff. I'm a principal in Cordero's Dallas office. I help clients with their customer strategy and with marketing technology enablement. Leanne? Hi, everyone. I'm Leanne Beckford-Jones, and I'm managing consulting in our UK practice in marketing technology. Um, my background is a lot in product world. I'm working with clients in sales and marketing transformation, particularly around marketing operations, which we'll talk about today. Perfect. Thank you both again for being here. I'm excited about the conversation. Let's start by saying that we have seen a shift towards incorporating an agile mindset, not just in the technology development space, but also in the marketing world as well. What does it mean to each of you to be agile in the marketing space? And why do you think we're seeing the shift? I'll start with the why uh, to begin with. We saw in a recent Credera Savvy CMO survey that a majority of the respondents thought it was important for marketing programs to be more reactive. The reason being that uh, over half of them were having trouble getting marketing campaigns out the door in less than six months. Um, We're seeing that just to be more competitive, marketing teams are moving from broad reach, one size fits all campaigns with, you know, typical start and stop dates to this always on mindset uh, with, you know, new types of personalized customer experiences that span a wide set of channels, display, social, search, email, text, mobile app, chatbot, and more. Doing this at scale uh, means coordinating a complex set of MarTech tool sets, customer data feeds, different types of creative content, and data privacy regulations. And, and the old model just wasn't working, right? Having that type of an agile mindset is uh, the, the way to make all this happen. Yeah, I would agree with that, Greg. I think the agile mindset is the key piece here because as we've seen with the proliferation of new offerings and new things, particularly consumers are interacting with, there's so many ways to compete and kind of try and draw attention from customers today. And in order to do that, you need to be kind of light on your toes and be able to respond and react to what's happening and what competitors are doing, uh, what's happening in the culture generally um, and world events. So I think a marketer's ability to be able to react, but also kind of, I think, be data driven in that reaction and not just kind of we talk about spray and pray or kind of go with your gut, but it being informed and understand what the next decision should be is a really important shift as well. So, yes, you need to have an agile mindset, but that needs to be informed. And I think that's the real shift that we're seeing amongst marketers today. So you're saying that the agile mindset doesn't mean reacting without thinking. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think people think of Agile, both in the tech space where we know from kind of the introduction of Agile methodologies in IT, people can often think that the difference between Agile and Waterfall is that you just you just get started, right? Like just move, think about it afterwards. And actually, no, the point of the methodology is to have agility, 
as its core and be able to iterate, have informed decisions and move fast, but in a smart way. And that's what I think marketers are looking to be able to incorporate from a kind of agile mindset too. So in the technology world, we often think of agile as scrum. Is, is agile and marketing different than that? I think agile marketing entails many of the classic components of agile methodology, uh, collaborating across silos, um, iterative experimentation, team empowerment. But when it comes to, you know, Scrum or, or Kanban, uh, I, I think it's not, maybe not that type of dogmatic application of agile methodology. Me- methodology requires pragmatism, flexibility, willingness to fail fast and adapt. Part of that is, it's a wider range of stakeholders. It's you know, um, brands, marketing ops, agencies, uh, digital teams, IT support, uh, working with data privacy, uh, all the, the reporting and analytics that go into it. Uh, that there's a you know, it's trickier. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think what you mentioned there in the kind of multiple stakeholders being involved and really having. I guess what they've always had, which is a buy-in to the customer success or a buy-in to understanding how this campaign has performed, why it's successful, what's the new feature we release on an owned product, data, design, marketing, all of these kind of stakeholders have always been bought into wanting to make this happen. Um, But the view, I think, has often been quite linear and it's been passed along a kind of workflow. And actually what agile mindsets, as we've talked about, what agile marketing really brings together is this cross collaboration. And so tools like Kanban or Scrum or these methodologies can help. But actually, I think it's more at a principle level. What are some of the principles that you need to adopt or ways that you need to pivot within your teams or across your organization to enable this way of working um, or, you know, other areas that you might want to look at. Great thoughts. I I know that Credera recently published a, a white paper or two on this topic of agile marketing. What sparked the creation of that content? Was it these topics or, or another one? I think a lot of it is just interest um, out there in the marketplace, right? The, the clients that we're working with are either thinking about this or they're getting started down the path, right? And they're very interested in what are the, the, the guide, macro guiding principles that you start with. And then from there, how do you think through the, uh, a governance layer, right? That helps, you know, make sure you've aligned in with sponsors that you've got funding in place for you know, more of a, a long-term view or perspective. You've got the resources in place. Thinking through a, a PMO layer, uh, kind of in the in the middle, right? Your air traffic control group that does backlog prioritization, that helps with sprint planning, that does the the ways of working, the the training for those new ways of working, and the change management that goes with that, and the and the tracking. And then underneath that, thinking through the the team that actually executes the work, right? And, and the fact that there might be different types of skill sets and work being done at that execution layer, right? You've got kind of the, the data and technology plumbing work, right? In terms of integrating data from end to end, from acquisition through segmentation, applying business rules and activation. And then you have a whole different set of skills, um, thinking through content strategy and doing the actual creative work, getting that through a workflow, approved, getting it tagged, staged, and ready to go. So there's, a, again, there's a lot of moving parts. And our, our clients are interested in, hey, what's been working? What are the learnings? 
I think you just mentioned Agile, PMO, and governance all in the same breath. Do you mean to tell me these things can coexist together? I, I, I believe so, right? And I, I, what, what I've seen uh, as a starting point for all of this is starting with the customer journey first and not losing sight of your customers, right? What's important to them in terms of personalized, relevant content that helps them kind of where necessary cut through clutter, cut through friction, kind of the, the right mm -hmm. message through the right channel at the right time, having that as your basis. And then from there, coming up with a series of what we call use cases, which is a discrete set of content that arrives via a specific channel, uh, and then having that prioritized in a backlog, right? Once you've got that in the backlog, that's, that's kind of your start. That will help you determine what type of skill sets are needed and who are the various stakeholders that would be involved. Leanne, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I like that you talked about backlog as well, Greg, because one of the key applications I think that marketers have been attempting or trialing out is this agile approach to campaign execution in particular. So which campaigns should we be going with when and why and how to stay? I like to use the analogy of kind of staying on our tippy toes in the execution of that. And as you said, Greg, it can be different skill sets and applied at different times. But when we think about what you should be doing, so the, the real what of what that campaign should be, the, the execution of it over time and how we have key capabilities like data or listening tools and to see the performance of that campaign and then be, I think, quite brave and bold uh, to be able to pivot and say, is this working? Is it not? And how does that inform my backlog? I may well have a marketing calendar all mapped out and know exactly what I want to drop when, but I think it's the bravest marketers really that will be able to say, well, actually, yes, that's a stake, a placeholder, but maybe I want to pivot that. Maybe I want to try a different campaign. Maybe we want to try a new idea. Maybe we want to bring this campaign forward. Maybe we want to move that campaign out. And I think that's the real application of it, of having the information and then being able to act on that and see how it impacts things that were previously set in stone actually now become a bit more active. What's your view, Greg? Definitely see that. Also see when you've got your use cases kind of on paper in terms of what you want your, your end customers to experience. It also helps you identify uh, gaps to get there, right? So mm -hmm. in some cases it might be, hey, we need to acquire more first-party data, right, in order to provide this type of personalized content. You might find that you, there's something missing in your marketing technology, your MarTech stack. Oftentimes, uh, we see that you know companies are closing the gaps with their data and tech, and it really becomes more about process and skills, and there needs to be a new type of mm. uh, process put in place and, and a new terminology that people have to learn. You know, mm. And, and the, the right types of templates and process aids and training uh, to, to, to get kind of people into the new ways of working. You said, you said new three times in that sentence, right? New process, new tools, new templates, new ways of working. What, what are those traditional ways of marketing that are currently failing marketing organizations, failing our clients, the people that we work with? Sometimes it's you've got a creative team, right, that is kind of working through the, the content. And then when the content is all ready to go, there might be some sort of a, a missing link uh, either in the, the data to build out an audience to receive the content, or it could be something missing with the, uh, the tagging of the content. 
So uh, it's kind of thinking through um, from two levels. One is, you know, how do I get the content ready to go and get that tagged and staged? And then what's the right set of data and technology I need to activate that content? There, there can often be new ways um, to do that. The, the content may have started with a strategy brief and it might take typically a three month cycle to go from, from brief all the way through to you know, in market, whereas you might have data and technology teams that might be wor working more in two or four week sprint cycles. So trying to align those processes where they, again, that air traffic control, right? Kind of thinking through what's my, uh, what date do I want to have this new content in market and then working backwards from that. I would agree. I think there are two things. So when we talk about new ways of working, I think I, I kind of alluded to it earlier, which was having that agile mindset and having cross-functional teams. So that's definitely something that's mentioned as one of the pillars of agile marketing and that's kind of manifesto is how do we move away from silos? And as I talked about, have everybody as the owner and everybody working together. I think that's really challenging to achieve because it kind of starts leaning towards, we need to have a new target operating model. We need to have new reporting lines and it feels like a new project in its own right. But actually, I think in many ways, there can be ways to pivot towards it that don't require full organizational shifts. But actually, maybe it's inviting someone from the data and insights team to your roadmap planning, if you're a product manager, or to your campaign planning and saying, we're thinking of this. Do you have anything on your radar or that you've noticed? Or are you able to kind of feed into these meetings? That's an hour of somebody's time. For some organizations, that may just be one hour, but it can be a bit disruptive. But I guess it's weighing up the pros and cons or the cost benefit of trying something new versus the benefits of actually having something really informed rather than someone in your marketing team feeling they have to freely upskill in data and insights and a brand new tool. You're lending yourself to collaborating with the teams that have the expertise and seeing how your marketing and insights team or your insights and a creative team or your dev team can come in or your agency can come in. And it's, it's how we start working together in ways that are really accessible again i think it's brands or organizations that can think of the ways to pivot and unlock the potential in really easy accessible dare i say agile ways and see how they work are the ones that i think will be kind of key in seeing how this works for them and how it plays out Le leanne you're what about the technology to support the process itself Right. Um, mm. you know, a, a big part of what, what I've seen is if you can break down the all the moving parts and kind of that, that, that lowest set of tasks that have to be done and then be able to assign and track uh, the ownership, the accountability, the progress, the status of all of the, the various tasks that go into a new customer experience. Any Anything you're seeing in terms of the, the technology to support the the agile marketing process itself? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think uh, one of the, the key elements, as we know, tools are great, but without the mindset, it's just a new tool. A tool with the mindset is, you know, unleashed potential. So some of the tools that I, I've seen in this space that particularly in the UK team, we're really excited about exploring are around the um, marketing resource management tools. So they tend to be kind of module based, but they unlock capabilities like understanding your flow from brief all the way through standardizing those workflows. And I think 
you know, some of the processes, underlying processes of marketing aren't going to disappear. We're not trying to, to get rid of them. We're trying to facilitate them and make them simpler and also standardize them. So things like you mentioned, Greg, of going from brief to execution. Well, instead of it being, let's have a conversation or send an email or have a chat and it kind of getting lost in between and not really know well, where have we got to with that? Where are the dependencies across these cross-functional teams? It brings transparency to that and helps us have standardized workflows where you can say it's going to go from this team to this team and we're going to automate an email that requires a sign off or we're going to highlight in a as we've mentioned a kanban flow that shows us going from left side we've started to right side we've completed we can see where we might be blocked we can see where we're awaiting approval we can see where that asset is at any given point in time and actually i think it meets the pain point of needing yes we need to have those those sign offs but now we have transparency and we can see where there are inefficiencies or maybe inefficiencies in that process. And also everybody can see where a piece of content or where we are in delivering this piece of work. And so it's not just stuck with conversations, particularly if you're a global organization with regional and marketing teams all depending on one another. It allows that transparency in that, as we mentioned, air traffic control position to see where things are. But also, again, with that agile mindset to take a step back, iterate and see where we might have common blockers or bottlenecks where often we're getting stuck with this team. Let's have a conversation and see how we can unblock that. Or do we need this step at all? Or do we need it just with this market, but not with another? So, again, I think that standardization of workflow is really key and also the ability to utilize that tool to see how you can improve and iterate is really something that can unlock um, some of these processes. So I think as a, from a tool perspective, MRMs can be really, really useful if used right. So a, a great point just to, to recap that, right? It starts with the mindset, right? The mindset guides the process and the technology supports the process. Yeah, I'd say that's always the case. I love how you, you all put that. And, and I like how we're blending some of these ideas of we can implement technology to support that. We can adjust our process. We can have a process. We can have an established workflow, but still have that agile mindset to enable it. So thank you all for walking us through that. Let's say a marketing organization has, has decided they want to work towards becoming more agile. If we fast forward two years into their agile transformation, what has changed? What have they done to become more agile? I think the, uh, the very first thing you'd see after two years, right, is you would see the uh, shift in customer experience. Again, it starts with kind of the, the customer journey and those discrete um, use cases that they experience along the, the journey. You'll, you'll see more of those uh, different moments that matter along the customer journey be more timely, more relevant, more personalized, and you'll see different types of KPIs, um, like uh, engagement rate, conversion rate, retention rate, you'll see improvement in those over a uh, two-year time frame. The other thing that you'll see is just the amount of time and effort that it takes to get a new experience in the market will be compressed, right? It will, it will take less time and with more efficient effort. That, I'm sure that sound, sounds attractive to the marketers that are listening. Leanne, any Absolutely. thoughts? Absolutely. I think yeah, I think quicker time to market is 
is the biggest driver, right? Because as we said before, we need to be able to be agile. We need to respond to what's happening in the market. I think one of the things that were mentioned in our white paper from one of the contributors was them even speaking about the tone of voice with a world of world event of um, uh, the Queen of England when she passed away. And they had to look at their copy and say, well, now we need to look at our tone of voice because this world event has happened. It's global in its reach and our campaigns were worded in this way. And now we need to word it differently to show our respect and sensitivity to that world event. Now, if it takes three months for that copy to be uh, transformed or to be updated, you can understand how that brand or that organization is way behind a more agile organization that it can take days, maximum weeks, but they have an ability to really respond in real time and not get stuck in red tape bureaucracy. So I think it's the reality of time to market and the ability, as I keep saying, to, to pivot that will allow allow the most robust brands to kind of go to market in a in a way that they're comfortable with having you know tick the boxes that they need to tick but in a quicker way and so with that you're also able to iterate if you're able to get things out quicker you're able to transform them quicker you're able to try new ideas and also be bolder and try things that you may not have been willing to try before because you know you can pivot and revert back to something that's more traditional for you but I also see those brands being able to be I guess risk takers and we know that risk takers are the ones that tend to be more disruptive and to take kind of market share or or to stand out to consumers in a way that naturally then builds advocacy builds loyalty goes viral etc I appreciate the way that you you highlighted that there is risk to that right but there's there's also that benefit and you just mentioned three or four benefits that come with taking that risk of being quicker to market as well yeah I think there's also there is a risk, but can you afford not to? You know, as I say, with consumers, they're on so many different platforms, receiving inputs from so many different places, from so many different brands. I guess this is going back to our original questions. Why are marketers feeling like this is something that's important? Because they know they can't not, you know, the most relevant brands are the ones that understand that and are at the very least looking at ways that they can respond to that. Well said. Thank you for kind of course correcting the way that I was talking about risk there. I really appreciate that reframe. So I, I talked about, you know, two years into an agile transformation. What does that look like? And, and we talked through that a little bit, but let's back it up, right? What, what's the first thing that organizations should do in their step towards becoming more agile and having that agile mindset? How have we been helping our clients implement this? What are we doing? What are we seeing in this space? I think step one is starts with um, alignment and sponsorship at the very top of the organization and, and, and having that um, clear call to action in terms of how uh, a, a different type of customer journey and customer experience will help organizations compete, um, stay relevant, um, you know, acquire more customers, more fully engage them, retain them. Uh, and, and getting you know people at the, at the brand level, at the IT, the digital, the marketing ops, the agencies, data privacy, uh, all the analytics reporting, getting everybody kind of on the same page in terms of the goals, the steps, the investment required, how it will be tracked, uh, and probably most importantly, how it will be resourced, making sure that uh, you know everybody's understands what the commitments are from their team members, and starting with that. Once you have that in place, um, uh, you're you're good to go to get started. I would agree, and I would also say 
as part of that activity, like understanding what agile means for you. And I say that because it's actually in many ways quite a, a new term. Like people were, were still working out exactly what agile marketing means and for which organizations and how at a high level. And we've given our point of view. And in similar similar ways, there's MRM tools, which I've talked about, and there's other areas of marketing technology, but it means it's subject to interpretation for an organization, by which I mean, what do you want to unlock by introducing the methodology of agile in your marketing practices? What does good look like for your organization and which pain points in particular is it addressing? The reality of that may mean that we, we're not in a position to be data driven yet. Why? Because we don't have the data capabilities to unlock that. So for you, agile marketing will mean that you have the data capabilities that allow you to have data-informed decision-making. Maybe for you, you don't have as many cross-functional silos. And so agile marketing for you doesn't look like that because you've got that box ticked. So when I say, what does agile marketing mean for your organization? It's at that strategic level that you were talking about, Greg, of what's our concrete strategic levers, what does good look like for us? And then how are we going to measure how well this this works? And off the back of that, I imagine there'll be individual projects, programs, or just a way of working, as you mentioned, Greg, across multiple stakeholders in your organization that will bring that to life. I think without that, it, it risks being a great idea or a, a kind of principle, but how do you make it concrete for your organization? And in making it concrete, we've we've been talking about a lot of theory here. Do we have an example or or a story that we could share of a client maybe that's done this transformation? I mean, I do from a from a cross functional perspective in particular. One of my clients uh, that I came just before I joined Credera actually uh, were really strong in cross functional and um, working across silos and moving to cross cross functional teams. So they focus on product and innovation in the oil and gas industry, coming up with new propositions for consumers. And we were building an app um, and we had DevOps or engineering teams that were doing the building, front end engineers or front end developers, back end developers. We had designers and XD teams that were really fleshing out the user experience. And we had innovators and concept strategists that were deciding the strategic what and why and what it meant for the business. And we were all, as I said, very dedicated to what the product was. We were all bought in to making sure that the product we delivered was perfect for the customer. We all kind of fleshed out ideas together. And what that looked like was front-enders joining us on interviews with customers and, and moderated and unmoderated tests saying, what do you think of this prototype? We, we had myself, where I was much more in the product space, sitting with designers, fleshing things out in Figma and, you know, asking why should this go here and what does that CTA mean or call to action mean? Why would we put that button there? How does it link back to the customer experience strategy that we had? So there really were no silos. And what it meant was that that front ender who let's say often would just be restricted to coding was not restricted to just coding anymore he was very clear on what the objective and the thesis was of what we were trying to to 
build and was also in touch with or had now connected with consumers. So when he's now sitting down and assessing a Figma file or building out a graph, he was now thinking also, what does the customer want? What does the customer need? How could we do this differently? And so another agile kind of principle is three amigos where you have a business analyst or someone representing product, someone representing IT and someone representing design sometimes or can be a QA, but all thinking together, how do we unlock this problem? We really saw the value of one, unlocking those problems quicker, but also the value of what every individual is bringing to the table on what the suggested solution should be. It wasn't just coming from the traditional designer. It could come from anyone in the team. So for me, that was a really great example of the cross-functional teams element and moving beyond silos, understanding that we all own the product together. Sounds effective. And it also sounds like more fun. It was really fun. <laughs> Leanne, that's a great example. Um, we, we've been working with a Fortune 100 CPG company that um, when they were reflecting back on the, the level of effort and the time to market to get a new customer experience uh, in place, it was taking more than half of the time to go through the funding and the resourcing effort. Uh, and, and less than half of the time was actually spent actually doing the work. And that was being done kind of on a one-off basis for different types of customer experiences. What they wanted to do was bundle up uh, their aspirations for becoming more uh, personalized uh, as a as a brand to their um, to their customers. And from you know, start with the customer journey, create a prioritized backlog, and use that to get a multi-year roadmap and funding commitment in place to cover some in some cases some new technology, in some cases. Um, a data acquisition strategy, in some cases, rethinking how they worked with their um, agencies to have kind of an ongoing pipeline of commitment of, of creative content to support these uh, different use cases. Uh, so it started with that, and then from there came up with a straw man agile operating model, it kind of um, who from which um, cross-functional team filled each seat in a data and tech pod or a creative studio from there, you know, defining out step-by-step step new ways of working and performing what we called mock sprints and kind of doing that um, kind of on a, uh, a desk-based, practice basis to get people familiar, not just with the new process, but with the new terminology, the new ceremonies, the, you know, really kind of, you know, a chance to practice the ways of working uh, before kind of jumping in and doing the, 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 the first set. From there, um, focusing the first couple of quarters more on the process than on the output, kind of really thinking through, um, you know, how can we refine the process so that over time uh, you can uh, scale the new operating model across brands and across regions. Um, and then from there, you know, you know practicing this always-on data-driven mindset, kind of uh, instantiating that into the, the working team. So, um, Significant amount of progress uh, in year one, including you know, n new types of um, use cases in market across channels, but you know, also having that momentum for future years uh, with, a, with a series of quick wins. I really liked what you were saying about data kind of driven uh, decision making there. And, and it, another example I had was just more around optimization. And I think it's a common use case that we find where um, a brand I was working with ha in the gaming uh, industry had bought a shiny new tool 
um, and were now understanding how they could use it. And one of the ways they wanted to do that was having test and learn, or what we often call variate testing, where you have one experience for one type of customer segment and another experience for another. And they started really, really simple, which was if you've already uh, subscribed, then you see one set of assets. And if you haven't, then you see another set of assets. Uh, And if you haven't, the, the assets you would see would be more about promoting the benefits of subscription. So really, really simple. And we worked to understand what the out of the box uh, capabilities were and it all went well. But then the next question was, well, what do we test next? Uh, How do we build up a backlog of things to test? Who do we speak to? And they realized they didn't actually have all the capabilities or the team in place to be able to do that. So the tactical piece, and I thought it was really, again, quite brave of them, was to kind of crowdsource within the organization and say, well, what do you think we should test on our website? We've started with subscription, but what other ideas should we have? And it was a really organic way for members of the organization to say, well, I've always wondered if we tried this, or I've always wanted to try uh, this element of the site. I've tried this asset, or I've tried this graphic, um, but I wonder if a video would be more engaging than a picture or I wonder if having something above the fold would be more attractive and drive conversion and so they started building up this pool but it also equipped people in the organization to say we've got this skills gap and they can build up more in their data and insights team which actually hadn't existed before and so again I think it's what we say when we say that it's great to have the tools but it's always about people and process and technology together that really unlocks that potential so I think again it shows a great way of where you can start you don't have to have all your ducks in a row before you can get started on this agile journey but also as things start to uncover you can understand the capability gaps you may have and also bring the whole organization in Um, and I thought that was a really fun way to do things. Absolutely thanks again for another great example it's fun to see how this plays out and and are there any challenges that we've seen these clients or others overcome are there any lessons learned that we could share with our listeners to help them along their journey? I think a couple that we've seen are classic that you typically see with transformation efforts, right? One is the upfront sponsorship and, and the, the resource commitment for a multi-year time frame is essential. Um, showing quick wins is very important to, to both build and sustain momentum for a transformation like that. Um, we saw some things that might be more specific to, you know, agile marketing. One, one being that as you get started, there will be unanticipated, what we call on our team, blockers. Like something pops up where there's an unanticipated uh, set of steps or maybe a data privacy requirement or uh, something was unanticipated in how the technology works. And being able to um, pivot from use case one to use case two uh, and keep your team moving so your, your team's always you know, got work to do um, is important in having uh, depth to your backlog. Uh, we found that was very important for us that, that as we hit that type of blocker, we could move to other use cases to keep um, all of the agile teams um, you know, busy at all times. Change management can't be overlooked, right? That's, you know, that, that, that is basically the essence of what we're doing here is change management. And then in general, the transformation is really more about the people and the process than it is about the data and the technology. Great tips. Leanne, anything from you? Yeah, I really like that you touched on the change management piece there because 
actually a lot of the work that we're finding, as you mentioned, Greg, is in the people space, by which we mean how are we training and changing that mindset with individuals? What are the training needs and who needs it? And it can be, as we said, at the senior level of really articulating what agile marketing means to you. But those processes that have been in place have, are traditional. They've been there for a long time with their efficiencies and inefficiencies. And so with any kind of organizational change, pivoting to a new way and really being able to articulate what those benefits are, but also what the transition is going to be for different personas or different people within the organization, not just the marketing team, but much broader, I think is a really important thing to articulate because without it, you run the risk of actually entrenching some of those silos all the more or not having the level of effect that you would expect because you didn't prepare your organization as a whole to make that shift. And so I think that change management piece, not just a brand new tool, not just a new buzzword ultimately, but really thinking about how these changes are embedded in, again, true agile form, bite-sized pieces, what's something you can pilot, what's, as I mentioned, a new meeting you can try out, what are the little bits that you can try iteratively as part of a wider transformation? Without looking at that, I think you're almost planning to fail. It's a great way to put it. Thanks for your thoughts. And we do have to close soon. So I'll ask one last question of if you could leave CMOs or marketing leaders with one thought, what would you share? I think for me, it's really where do you start? And I've, I've touched on it quite a few times, but understanding what agile marketing means for your organization and something you can start with is much more effective than taking a one-liner, as I've said, a buzzword, a new industry phase, and trying to roll something out just with your team or go really wide and see it as a massive transformation that needs to happen as quickly as possible. The agile mindset is about understanding what you want to do and breaking it down into bite-sized pieces. And so keeping that mindset is the key to agile marketing for me. Great answer. I, I would, you know, to the, to the CMO, I would say, as you think aspirationally about what you would like your holistic customer experience to look like, what are the key elements that are holding you back and think beyond just, Hey, I wish I had more data or I wish I got, I'm getting more out of my MarTech stack and really kind of think through the uh, people and process element of that and how applying agile marketing concepts can unlock the, the potential of your organization. Great word. We'll wrap it up there for today. Leanne and Greg, thank you so much for your time walking through the concepts of agile marketing. I'm really looking forward to connecting more with both of you on this topic offline. And listeners, if you're interested in learning more on this topic, check out our insights page on credera.com. Search for CMO and it will lead you to the white papers that our team has written on this topic. You can also use the contact us page there to get in touch with us. Thanks again for joining, and we'll see you on another episode of Technically Minded.